And so we have a real conversation. I'm going to start with a question. And that is, um, what, what images or image uh, of God did you grow up with or have, have you used in the past that's helped you connect to God? Um, what image or images have you most commonly connected to God through? And, and how is that healthy or unhealthy or both? Images of God. Anybody? I would say for me, uh, I always have the image of God as Father. Yeah. And I grew up without knowing the Father. Mm-hmm. And so coming into uh, Christendom, that was just my favorite grace is knowing that I have a heavenly Father. And so even my prayer time, my worship time is very relational, father daughter. You mm-hmm. know, referring to him even as daddy. And so for me, that has been healthy in healing my heart and that, that emptiness of not having a father. Wonderful. Thank you, Makila. Yes, Jen? Um, I think provider and giver, which has been problematic. Um, it doesn't feel like what's happening. Mm, it creates some tension when you, you struggle to see provision. Or, yes, yeah. Yeah. Gary? A picture I've always had of God is the, the painting of the creation of Adam. They're touching fingers, just like an, an older, wise man up in the clouds, surrounded uh-huh. <laughs> by angels. So looking at us while we're naked on the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I get that. But like a an older, gray-haired, wise figure, uh, heavenly kind of man. Yeah, interesting. What about, so healthy, unhealthy, what has that meant for you? Like, what does it mean for God to be that? It's like a grandfatherly figure. Yeah. Just a really wise being. Okay. I don't think you. Other thoughts? Val? So, I grew up with traditionally uh, being referred to as father or just in male form. Uh And um, after I had my daughter, Eloise, it was... um, really powerful for me to think of God as a woman instead mm. and so I sort of have this image of like um, more of like a mother or like caring for like a small child I think of it in a comforting way of like being held um, and just not at all what I heard growing up but to me it kind of like it resonates with what I think of the side of God's like loving caring side yeah yeah, and it, you, those kind of images are even in the Bible. Isaiah talks about how God is like a mother hen who takes, you know, the little the chicks under her wings. Yeah, that's a beautiful image. Thank you, Val. Let's do let's do two more. Uh, Terry and John. Yeah, that's good. Thank you, Terry. John? 
So that something about God being a shepherd that, that God is leading you, providing you guidance when maybe you're confused. Caring for you. I mean, I, I was not adult like. I was, I was like coming out of the fog of heavy drug abuse. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, there's a shepherd. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah. Shepherd, what's next? I think that may be one of the reasons that the 23rd Psalm is as popular as it is. For that very reason. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? That's good. Um, you know, one that I thought of as I was reflecting on this question myself uh, was in my seminary days when I was hitting a pretty heavy deconstruction phase uh, where I wasn't really sure about m- much of anything. Uh, God as mystery was really meaningful to me. Uh, because I grew up in a religious environment that was high on certainty, and we know the answers, we know the rules, we know the formula. And so when a lot of that was blown up by my seminary education and poked at and and, uh, shown to be somewhat problematic, to imagine God beyond me as mystery and me as finite, there was something like uh, paradoxically really life-giving. To me, like, like, oh, well, God is much bigger than all of these categories that I've had for God. Uh, you know, you might you might notice that that some of our images um, for God fall into one or two, one or the other camp. Some images of God tend to be more transcendent, so that they're they're the God beyond and above and over everything. Other images, I mean, these are like. These are scholar words. Other images tend to be more imminent or like up close and personal. Father, uh, shepherd, like God in relationship to us. And, and we need both of those kinds of images for God. God is in both of those categories of transcendence and imminence. I wanted to do a message series this fall related to our value for intimacy with God. Uh, that's one of our... Our values in the storyline community, we talk about the triangle of relationships as up and in and out. Up is relationship with God. So intimacy with God is related to that kind of up relationship. In is our relationships with each other as disciples of Jesus. Out is our relationships with our neighbors as we live and serve and are present in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in our in our city, in our workplace. Um, my assessment of storyline is that up might be the most common growth area for our community on the whole. And and I think it's also mine personally, so there's a good chance I'm just projecting my own stuff onto the community. I do that every once in a while. So much so that I'll be honest and say I'm kind of weirded out by the phrase intimacy with God. 
Um, and I helped to craft the language for that value. Uh, so it's, it's aspirational in some sense. Like That's something that I want. I want for us in our relationship with God. But it's an intimidating word. I mean, we almost exclusively associate it with the word sex, uh, with the practice of sex or whatever. And I'm, I'm not preaching about sex this morning, so don't worry. I've done that before. We'll do that again another time. <laughs> Uh, there's not enough parents in the room for me to <laughs> preach about sex today. Uh, um, but you, <laughs> that's right. You combine uh, a, a sexual concept or connotation with God, and it's kind of a double whammy, at least for me, because I bring all this baggage and shame around sex combined with challenges of relating to God. And it's like this phrase that's intended to draw us closer to God can actually have the opposite effect and make us feel further. Uh, from God, or even weirded out, uh, like me. So I began to wonder, how can we talk about intimacy with God in a way that is accessible, in a way that actually invites deeper connection to God? Uh, and if intimacy does that for you, uh, bravo, that, uh, that's wonderful. But I did what any spiritual person in the 21st century would do when faced with this kind of question. I googled it. Uh, And I came across in the theological dictionary that is Google a concept developed by a woman named Shasta Nelson called frentimacy. Right, that's how good it is. Uh, If you see what she's doing there, she's putting friendship with intimacy. Uh, The basic idea being the sense of closeness between friends. I even use this title as the initial... Uh, over overhang uh, the initial message or series title for what we're going to do related to intimacy with God until I saw the look on Ted's face. <laughs> and then I, I was like, yeah, that's weird. Okay, so, so friendship. It, it led us to the frame of friendship. God as a friend. That was not a dominant metaphor for me growing up. Um, Even though we did regularly sing the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Uh, Maybe it was a frame for you. I know there was this whole um, Jesus is my buddy, Jesus is my homeboy kind of movement in youth ministries when I was growing up. I was not in that church. Uh, We didn't didn't talk about that. uh, So much so that when I went to college and started taking Bible classes, I really resonated when my Old Testament professor who was just a crazy, charismatic guy, was talking out of Exodus and kind of reacting to this whole Jesus is your buddy, Jesus is your homeboy kind of movement. And he got real worked up and he said, God is not your friend! God will melt your face off! (laughs) And every time I think about God being a friend, I hear Dr. Fortner yelling that to all of us. (laughs) Uh, His words ring in my head. As I think about friendship with God, as if maybe that's too comfortable a language for this majestic, uh, magnificent God that we serve. Maybe it's too casual. And I know that my professor was speaking with hyperbole. He was exaggerating. I don't think he sincerely thinks it's inappropriate to be friends with God. Um, He knows his Bible too well for that to be true. Uh, Because it's not an either or. When it comes to God, Um, either transcendent ways of thinking or imminent ways, it's it's a both and we need both. And for those of us who are unpacking a lot of shame uh, 
a lot of guilt, legalism, trauma related to religion, I suspect that this God as friend image will be really helpful to us. Uh, It'll be healing for us. What if God is not just a judge, which God is, a warrior, a king, a creator? What if God also desires to be a friend? I just licked my finger to turn the page on my iPad. (laughs) Sorry. I distracted even myself with that. (laughs) Uh, Which leads to my next point from Jürgen Moltmann, a great name, a beast of a theologian. He suggested that for our time, friendship might be a better image for understanding our relationships in our church than family. Um, Because in family, you don't have a choice. Your family, whether you like it or not, in friendship, there is this freedom to choose the other. It's a voluntary affiliation. It isn't coerced. And I wonder if friendship and friend might even be a better image for understanding our relationship with God in our time, in this moment. It's not that the other images are inappropriate or not true, but what... What windows does this metaphor of friend open for us in connecting to God? And I'll admit, friendship and what we're going to do in this conversation series um, is a limited metaphor. Um, It's probably problematic if friend is the only metaphor we have for God. But it's also probably problematic if we don't have the metaphor of friend in our conceptions of who God is either. What if, what if we reimagine the story of God in terms of friendship? God creates the world. And when God walks in the cool of the garden, like Genesis says that God does, when God walks in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve, God does so not only as a king and a creator, but as a friend, out of a desire for connection and relationship. God makes covenants with Abraham and Moses as king and savior, as a, as a king would do. But both are also called friends of God in the scripture. God talks openly with Moses as a friend, according to this text that we read this morning from Exodus. Abraham, according to James 2, is a friend of God because he shares God's heart and God's actions. God commands Israel to build a tabernacle and then a temple where God's presence can dwell. God doesn't want to be far off but to draw close the way a friend would. God in the person of Jesus becomes a human and enters into human relationships as a healer and a teacher, but also as a friend. Jesus says in John 15 that his disciples are friends and not servants, not simply servants on the basis of two qualities. Um, Number one, they obey his command to love each other and to give their lives for each other. That's what true friendship is for Jesus. And number two, Jesus tells them secrets. He tells them stuff about God and about what he's doing that he wouldn't tell just anybody. He lets them in. He, He is vulnerable with the disciples. They know what he's up to. Uh, in a way that he wouldn't share with mere servants in a servant-master kind of relationship. There's this vulnerability and openness between Jesus and his disciples. 
because they're friends. God, the Holy Spirit, is given as a gift to humanity to indwell us, to live within the church, to live within individual disciples. And in that same vulnerability vein, the Apostle Paul says that the Holy Spirit shares with us the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate mark of friendship and closeness between humanity and God. And finally, the picture of God in the new creation that we see in Revelation is of heaven, the city of God, descending and being made one with Earth. God draws near again in a way that's more all-encompassing than the temple, than Jesus, even the gift of the Holy Spirit. Dare I say that the vision of the world to, to come is one of unbroken friendship between us and God, between us and each other. So let me ask you, um, imagine with me, what... What uh, imagination does this image of God as friend open up about our relationship with God? As you think about God being a friend uh, uh, in relation to other images God might be for you, what, what imagination does that open up for you about God, about yourself, about what it would mean to be in relationship with God in that way? That raises the fascinating question. You know, the the traditional categories about God being unmoved and unchanged and all of that. Like, what uh, what does it mean for God to be a friend to us in that way, and to be open to us, to be changed by us, to to need us on some level like that? Yeah, that's a mind twist. That's a great question, Val. Ben, I, you can. There are a few people in my life, friends, where I feel like uh, I can be my full self. Or uh, there are a few people that I don't, I'm not trying to manage all the different versions of myself. Mm. Like they get all of me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. And to think about the way in which I do that with God as far as trying to manage, it's stupid and insane, but I try to try to manage sort of the version of myself that I want to project to God. Huh. And to think of God as one who can handle it all. Uh-huh. Where, where I don't, I can sort of release that need yeah. um, to manage those things and just be myself. And trust that on the other end, on the other end, like my friends, I know God won't walk away. Yeah. That's really good, Ben. Thank you. That's it. 
pushback on what Ben's saying. Um, again, this wouldn't be everybody's experience, but I think I've, I've had my, I've shared the deepest things I've ever shared with people in, uh, with friends rather than immediate family, not not speaking with Julie, but I mean, whether I think of parents and brothers, which I, I, I love my family and I've had great moments with them and great memories, but when I think of people that, you know, might stay up with me through the night to deal with some problem or where I've been able to bear my soul. Um, it's it's been people it's been deep friendships where those that sort of closeness has been for me. So um, so in that sense the metaphor opens up that same door of yeah. closeness in a different way. Yeah. That's good. Jordan, what's that? Um, so I think it's, it's kind of interesting because when you're talking about your parents, I have a person who is still like in my parents' household. When I'm doing stuff, sometimes it's more out of the space of I have to do this because they take care of me. It's more of a sense of responsibility than me actually wanting to do something for them. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing something for a friend, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this for you because I care about you and because I want to do this for you. And it's different to approach God out of I'm praying to you because like I have to do it because the Bible tells me and it's and praying to you because, like, I want that relationship. Yep. How does that make you feel, Martin? <laughs> 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 uh, that was wonderful, Jordan. That's really good. No, I get that thing. I get that very dynamic. Yeah. Uh, it made, Your two comments made me think about how I'm going to mess it up, and I can't remember everything um, about it. But it's like a, it's like a armchair guide to, to mysticism or something, where it talks about these four different postures with God. And one of the postures, one of the early postures is um, uh, praying to God, like to, to get something from God, to, for God to fix something. And a, 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 another posture um, further down the spectrum is being with God. Uh, and I, I don't want to say that 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 one is good and legitimate and the other one's not. I mean, Jesus tells us that God is a good father and we should ask our father for good gifts. And so, I mean, praying to God, there's nothing wrong with that. But it kind of rocked my world a little bit to think about, like, how, what does it mean for me to be with God? And I wonder if this friendship metaphor um, sustains that kind of posture of being with God. It, it, it's easier for me to to wrap my mind around being with a friend than it is like being with um, being in the midst of the power dynamic where like I want to get something. Again, it's not an either or. It's, it can be a both and. But I wonder if if this friendship image helps to sustain this kind of posture of of being with God, just to be with God. And like that's kind of a mind blower for us to say. Why would anybody do that? To be with God. Well, what if God was your friend? And you like to be with God. Yeah. Terry? Um, you know, probably most of us really, I don't know, maybe some of them did. I grew up, grew up in a Christian home. But, um, so I didn't have much of an example of, of the, the prayer and, and spending time with God and stuff. But I have never forgot, and it changed the whole way I view God and the way I talk to God. When Daryl and I were in, um, he was finishing up uh, preaching school. And God blessed me to meet this father. And an um, older lady that just had this connection with God that I'd never ever seen before, and I wanted to spend time with her. But the first time I went over there, 
I rang the doorbell and she didn't come, so I thought I'd walk around to the back. And I walked around there and she just talking away. I mean, just like, like your friends right there and you're just talking to them. And I'm looking around like, who is she talking to? I mean, it's like, I'm seeing like, she's crazy. Is this lady crazy? <laughs> like, she lost it or what? And she was talking to God. I mean, she was just out in the backyard. She was like gardening and she was just talking away like her friend was right there and they were carrying on a conversation and they're gardening together. <laughs> and it totally changed my entire view of my posture, the way I thought to pray to God, that reverence and all of that, it just opened up a whole new way for me to just talk to God. Because it was as, as she was going along, it was more of that. And it's like she's talking to her friend. And it, it just really, it, it really made me see God very differently. Yeah. And, and I saw through her, God could be your friend and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does. That sounds like the stuff of friendship. That's good. So um, just a big picture on this message series um, about friendship with God for the next month or so. Um, We're going to, in the remaining conversations, we're going to explore three facets of friendship um, as expressed by Shasta Nelson, um, the lady that I referenced earlier with friendimacy, Miss Friendimacy, we can call her. Um, And she says, so don't hold that against her, though, um, because this is really good. Um, She says that friendships are built on three elements. One is positivity. Um, so, so friendships are, we engage in friendships because um, they're, they're meaningful to us. They're positive. We enjoy them. Uh, we, we, uh, we benefit and the people we're in friendship with benefit mutually from this relationship that we're, um, that we're in. Uh, the second element is consistency. So, so good friends... Friendship is built on rhythms of consistency. Um, we, we connect uh, at least uh, with some sort of frequency with our friends. The, the better our friends, the deeper our friends, typically the, the more consistency uh, we have in our relationships with them. And then finally, uh, vulnerability. That a third element of friendship is vulnerability. And there can be friendships that are positive and consistent that don't have a lot of vulnerability. There can be friendships that have a lot of vulnerability that don't have a lot of consistency. Um, but it is interesting to think about um, how our, our most meaningful relationships, to Ben's point, um, we really feel like we can be ourselves. Uh, we don't have to posture or pose or manage image or whatever. We, we, can, we can be vulnerable. We can be open. And so it's fascinating to me. I mean, these are not these are new lenses for me to think about not just friendship, but relationship with God. What what does what does positivity look like in my connection to God as friend Um, and consistency? What what what, uh, you know, even saying spiritual practices doesn't really feel right in a friendship frame like that feels uh, more like work to me. Like what what are spiritual practices in a friendship? And imagining, you know, what what that's like. We'll do some of that on our storyline retreat next month with Mr. Reese. You knew that, right? Okay, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I'll I'll uh, send you an email. Or I'll talk to you afterwards. Okay, perfect. Um, and then finally, being vulnerable with God, but also to what extent is God open and vulnerable with us? I mean, if in Jesus, Jesus pours out his life to us, Jesus says to his disciples, you're my friends because I'm vulnerable with you. I'm letting you in on what's going on with me. 
What does it mean for us to have a reciprocal sense of vulnerability um, in our friendship with God? So, uh, you know, these aren't the only categories for friendship, but I think they'll be interesting frames to talk about our relationship with God. The outcome that I'm praying for is that this conversation helps us to take steps to be better friends with God. And a secondary outcome, I can't help to think about these three categories of positivity, consistency, and vulnerability and think about how, how it helps me to be a better friend to all of you in my community. So I, I'm hoping, too, that this conversation deepens not only our friendship with God, but our friendship with each other as well. Um, will you pull up the artwork, Sarah? Uh, this is a really well-known uh, work of art called Rublev's Icon. And, I, you know, it dates sometime a few centuries ago. I can't tell you the date right now. Are you serious? Oh, well, Ben, would you come up and just talk about it? <laughs> uh, so I'll, I will, I'll mention what's pertinent to this conversation to me. So this is a, an image of the Trinity. And uh, you have... Um, the Father in the middle, Jesus to the left, and the Spirit uh, is in green on the right. And they're sitting around this table. And the way that this image is made to function is you, you approach it. And this is an image of the divine community that is open to you. Um, because Richard Rohr is who I learned this from. You see this little square right here? I may have talked about this before in storyline, but right here there's a little square in the original image um, that something was there, basically. And Rohr said what was there initially in this work of art was a mirror. So that when you look at this image of the Trinity open uh, around the table, you see yourself uh, as a part of this uh, fellowship. This image is an invitation to the table with God. It is, it's an invitation into relationship. I would say today, given our conversation, this is an invitation into friendship with God. Because what do we gather around tables for otherwise? To have meals. We meet with friends. This is a hospitable invitation. And the invitation to us in this conversation series, in our relationship with God... Um, is one to friendship. Will we accept it? Will we, will we engage it? Will we receive God's invitation to the table and into friendship? Um, okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me pray, and then we'll move into our next thing. Uh, Lord, I want to say yes to your invitation of relationship. Uh, It's mind-blowing to me that you, the great mystery to humanity, the the creator and king, the one who holds universes in your hands, um, would draw near to us and desire to be a friend. Jesus, that you would call us your friends is uh, just overwhelming and unexpected. Uh, that you would give yourself for us, that you would lay down your life for us, that you would you would come to our level and and look at us eye to eye and want to be with us and be in relationship with us. Uh, what a gift that is. 
And God, um, yeah, I, I pray that for all of us, for anybody who's coming with hang-ups about you, who's, who's wondering if that invitation can be trusted, uh, if, if you'll somehow betray us or let us down if we say yes to your offer of invitation, uh, your offer of friendship, God, would you, would you meet us in that place? Uh, uh, and encourage us and be patient with us. Uh, we know that you don't coerce because um, you're a friend. We know that you won't um, you won't make us. But God, would you meet us even in those places of of doubting and questions questions and hesitancies about um, friendship? And God, would you in your spirit um, help us to grow close to you in this season? Help us to to um, uh, to grow in our relationship with you, to be better friends with you, our Creator and God, our Father, our King. Um, I, I entrust this conversation to you. I entrust my friends in the Storyline community to you today. In, in Jesus' name, amen.